our centennial episode of Woo-hoo. The Greatest Game Minute. We're going to be discussing Minute 100 on the daily podcast where we dig into the great escape one minute at a time i'm rob and joining me once again uh, closing off the week is jim wilson of blogging my cinema light website welcome back jim thank you sir all right it's been it's been a fun week you know let, let's keep that going for for today episode it's one still no closer to getting out <laughs> no what are you talking about we, I, I, after today i got i've got 72 episodes to go we're we're good we're very good here you know, like like with uh, Danny, you know, once once you've reached a certain point, uh, you can see the 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 end of the rainbow. Yes. You know. Uh, so yeah. So the, this episode uh, begins with Danny explaining why he doesn't want to go out in the tunnel, and ends with Roger staring at Colin. So basically, we we get the tail end of of yesterday of the the scene that we've been discussing uh, through most of this week between uh, you know Danny and Willie making a little too much uh, noise. In the camp, when last we left Danny and I and Willie making too much noise in the camp, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know they, they they continue their their teenage argument of of how to do this and what to do. Willie is doing all he can to stop Danny from from going. You know, says says a lot about their friendship. Says a lot about the characters. He 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 doesn't want to stop him from from going. Because you know he, he's doing it for all, all, uh, altruistic uh, reasons. He he wants his friend to to have a chance of, of making it out. I, I I like that fact. Yes. You know it, it's it's done quite well from that perspective. Danny continues his his line where he basically says that you know he's just afraid that if he's going to be going out in the tunnel with uh, with all those men, he's afraid that maybe this time he's going to lose his head and he'll ruin the escape for everybody. So so basically he. He, he's doing this not for himself. You know, he's 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 thinking of everybody else. You know, his his concerns are are not that 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 I'm going crazy and and that I'm going to get caught and shot. It's that I'm going to go crazy and I'm going to ruin ruin it for everybody else. Now, as as anyone who's seen the movie knows, the person who does that is Cavendish. It's not uh, yeah. You know, it's <laughs> it's not Danny. Danny Danny is actually able to. to to, to keep his cool throughout the whole time, but but it is interesting that his his concern here is for everybody else. I mean, here you have you know 600 prisoners in a camp plus whatever. Every one of them wants to get home. They want to see their families. They, they you know they're they're sick of of being in in the German POW camp. They 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 want their chance to 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 get home. And here we actually get a character who who as much as he wants to to, to get home, he wants to make sure that others can get home too. You know, he he doesn't want to be the one to he doesn't want to be the apple that that, that spoils the whole uh, bushel, as they say. Yeah, it says a lot about his character that 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 he's able to do that. I mean, I mean, we we've seen the amount of work that he puts in as Tunnel King, which now knowing that he's claustrophobic also says that that he's not doing it just for himself. He's doing it for everyone involved. He's he he is the epitome of of a team player. Absolutely. Um, hence his, his story when he, he left Poland to join the British uh, to fight the Nazis. Uh, you know, he's he's a team player. It's not enough to just escape. It's not enough to just have his life. He's got to go out and, and uh, uh, get his homeland back for, for the rest of his people. Uh, you know, consistent with his consistent with his previous actions. That's what he's doing here as well. He's 
he's thinking about, you know, if this is, you know, everything is coming to a point now and they're getting more and more to the, uh, the, the to the escape attempt. He's thinking about how this is going to affect the everybody else. Right. Danny just should have dug a little bit further is what I I I come away with it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving stuff away. No, Sorry, that's true. But again, that 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 again go that that's all on uh, on Cavendish, the surveyor who doesn't know how to uh, actually survey properly. Meters, not feet. Exactly. Well, I don't think it makes a difference. Yeah. Neither one would have. Yes. Yeah. Now, now, okay. We're, we, we, you just mentioned the fact that that Danny is Polish uh, origin and stuff like that. Can you name for me other movies that that, that deal with uh, with famous Polish characters that 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 have this that that are, have joined together with the Allies in order to reclaim their homeland? Think of three. Casablanca. Well, he was Czech. No, he's he's Czech. He's Czech. No, no. I, I, I can rack my brain, but I'm trying to think of. All right, go ahead. Okay, yeah. So I'll, Amaze I'll, me, Rob, because right, you I'll watch you, five movies every I'll day. Give you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, some some days more than five. Some days less. It's, uh, it's an average of five, yes, approximately. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit of hints. Okay, the first one is is played by Gene Hackman. Does that help you at oh, all? Oh, a bridge too far. Very. There you go. You know, he 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 plays the uh, the, the 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 Polish commander. Major Major General Sosabowski, yes, who who is part of the uh, you know the the, the whole uh, action of operation of trying to uh, capture you know Mar, uh, Mar, uh, uh, Marvin yes. Gardens Operation Marvin Gardens exactly. All right, uh, uh, sorry, I'm not, uh, sorry, Marvin Gardens is his mon- a monopoly. Operation Market, Market Garden. Garden. There me. you go. <laughs> and Market Garden, Marvin Garden, same thing. Yeah, Marvin Gardens is in, is in Atlantic right. City. There's, there's actually a movie yes. called The King of Marvin Gardens. Bruce Dern. With, uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, okay, that's one. Second one. All right, I'll give you a hint. Uh, actually, I should tell you the name of the, the, the character who plays, uh, the actor who plays the character, because I'll give you something else that will probably give it away even quicker. You have Tim Matheson plays Lieutenant Andre Sabinski. Is that to be or not to be? Yes, it is. Very good. Okay. Which, which again, the, the the basis of the movie is is that you know you have the, the Polish flying group that wants to get back and uh, you know and and help free Poland because obviously Brooks and and, and everyone else is they're, they're stuck in the middle of Warsaw. And the third one that I was thinking of is is Lieutenant Stanislav Sabinski, played by Robert Stack. Oh, Stanislav Sabinski. No. It's a little bit of a question because it's actually the same name that I just mentioned for Tim Matheson. Oh. No, he's Andrei Sabinski. So here's Stanislav Sabinski. It's not the 1940 version of To Be or Not To Be. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. You've got to be able to include that also. Just because it's a remake. You know, the Mel Brooks remake. And, and the truth is, is, those two movies are so very different. And I love they're them. hilarious. The, the, the two of them are just exactly. bizarre. Yes, yes. Especially the fact that, that the one in 1942 was, was made during World yeah. War II. You know, I mean, you have, you have Mel Brooks making it, uh, you know, 40 years or 
give or take 40 years after the end of the war, you know, to have Jack Benny make this movie during the war is just great. There's no question about that. So, yeah, they deal with uh, the Polish uh, flying uh, fighters. Now, if anybody out there knows of other movies that, that uh, deal with that, feel free to, you know, to, to shout it out and send us uh, uh, via Twitter or Facebook, you know, your your other movies that, uh, that, that deal with uh, Polish flyers uh, trying to help win their country back like like the three that we just mentioned so i thought that was a fun uh, hilarious to interlude with uh, with our discussion of, of william and, and danny <laughs> very good yes basically what 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 happens here is is that willie is not willing to accept danny's proposition that that, that he's just gonna get out of there and he says all right he says i'm just gonna go I'm, i go now and then what does willie do he trips him again Again, him. that's not making a lot of noise. <laughs> Nobody's going to hear someone, you know, falling out, falling down in the compound. So, the, the, you know, it goes back to what we were discussing yesterday with what's wrong with the way that they shot this scene. That, that you know, there, there's no mattress under him <laughs> with the way that he falls down. And, you know, they use the old sack of potatoes sound effect so that, you know, it's it's really... It's really loud. And you get, remember we talked a couple of uh, uh, days ago about the fact that, you know, yes. where are the dogs? Here comes well, the dogs. Well, here come the dogs. <laughs> well, one dog. Who and, let the uh, dogs out? Uh, you know, there's a, <laughs> woof. Uh, you know, one guard with one German shepherd and, uh, you know, I don't. I don't remember there being other other dogs in, throughout the movie. Off the, the movie, top there, of there my head, there are a few other instances yeah. where you see dogs, but, but it's rare. You, you don't see them very very much here. Very rare. And and you think that with all this activity going on, those dogs are going be going wild all the time. You're talking about specifically now or in general. In the in well, in general. Uh, with with all the activity that's happening at night and the, the the noises that everybody's making, you would think the dogs would be more alert than this. But who knows? Maybe you but know. The fact that I mean, the, the, there's so many characters that that are outside of their bunks when they shouldn't be. Yeah, but I mean, why have dogs if they're not <laughs> the curious case of the dog in the night? Right now, I mean, in, in in the original book that this is done by uh, by Paul Brickhill, so so he does mention at one point that the, when when they discuss the the mole escape, which which was based on something that really happened, you know, the mm-hmm. mole escape in the movie where where you have Hiltz and uh, Ives try to get up by pushing the dirt behind them, stuff like that. So, so the, the 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 real escapees that that did this, they they almost got caught by by one of the the guards. Basically, they say that he walked around with his Alsatian dog. They would patrol the compound at night. So it's possible that, yeah, they, they, they said every, uh, here's another point where they talk about it, where they, uh, at, at night, sentries patrol the fences, and, and another Hundfuhrer prowled inside the camp with his dog, trained to go for a man's throat if necessary. So so it basically says that the... Hundfuhrer. Yeah. <laughs> Hound, dog. dog Which leader. basically... Which basically shows that uh, you know they had they had one dog walking around the camp at night, who apparently got bored after so many times and decided to stop barking 
you know, at every little noise that he would hear. You know? The Germans were cruel pastors. <laughs> every uh, time that, they made the noise. Uh, whack. That we all know, yes. <laughs> ah, to the dogs. Oh. <laughs> yes, to the dogs. I, I thought you were referring to the prisoners. <laughs> You know, Nazis are Nazis. Exactly. <laughs> well, this movie, this this is something that, that I've discussed numerous times. This movie tries to portray the Nazis as Germans, not as Nazis, which which yeah. is 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 both a plus and a minus here because what it does is it 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 uh, it lightens the the tone of of the story by not having them. You know, you you, you don't have you know the Germans from Schindler's List. Uh, you know, dealing with uh, deal, dealing with the prisoners. That that right. that wouldn't make the story as as uh, entertaining as it is, but on the other hand, you know they they you know they they quite often allude to the fact that the difference between the Luftwaffe and the and the Gestapo, and and by by doing that they're trying to say okay well the the, the, the Gestapo they're the Nazis but the Luftwaffe are just the Germans you know they're not as bad the debate can mm-hmm. can rage on for for quite a long time you know that that's something that's that. <laughs> So it it could be either way, you know. You can look at it however you want. It it, it does work the fact that that uh, in this movie the Germans are not horrific, as they've been depicted in many movies and in the way that that uh, they've been described by people who've been uh, who, who've had contact with with them, you know, uh, over the course of the war. Basically, at this point, Willie mm-hmm. says to Danny that uh, you know, trust me, I'm going to make sure that you get through the tunnel. I'll stay with you. I'll stick with you, and I'll be with you the entire way. Now, this is also a strange thing for him to say because you'd think that that was probably their plan in the first place because they're so close knit. So, what was he? You know, what's he telling him that 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 he didn't already know? You know, if their plan was is to to, to work together and 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 get an escape. So. <laughs> you kind of get the the impression from the beginning of the movie that they're a team, exactly. but you get the you get the impression that unless it's people like Bartlett who have a who have an agenda for getting out, that it's basically every man for himself yes. as far as getting uh, getting out from behind enemy lines. Uh, but uh, you know, you would assume, yeah. I mean, you, uh, you see, Lily and Danny would be taking care of each other while they were going out, but uh, maybe this is just to reiterate the point. Right. Another reason why this this part of the scene is wedged in between the Colin segment, where we have another weak member that needs to be helped by somebody who's able bodied. Right. Um, so comes together all of a theme uh you know just reiterating the point that uh you know it's all one and not just every man for himself and and, and as we'll see in a few weeks from now when we when we deal with the escape itself there are a lot of times where you know you you, where, where you have mcqueen pulling the rope right so there's a few times where someone is waiting with mcqueen and then someone else comes out and then, you know, pats him on the shoulder mm-hmm. and then the two of them go off together. They, so the people, you know, the, this was a common occurrence that they would they would try to get out in pairs, you know, hoping that'll, uh, right. that'll help them along the way. So at this point, the, the, the guard that we mentioned uh, approaches with his dog. He's got a flashlight. And at this point, Danny and Willie uh, once again make a lot of noise and run back to the barracks. So it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing that you have a deaf dog. And. 
And curiously, the dog and the guard just are waltzing, you know, just walking along to find out what this noise is. Nobody's in a hurry to find That's Danny and Willie. Uh, I guess the extra was just wasn't paid enough you know, to, 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 to do it more enthusiastically. No. Yeah, just just walk. Uh, we don't want you to actually exactly. get into the light, so we have to give no, you credit. No, because then we can reuse them in the other scenes. <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of the guards, I'm assuming, are, yeah. are reused because they're 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 supposed to be there. It'll probably be. It'll probably be, if he got into yeah. the light, he'd probably be revealed <laughs> to be Judd Taylor. <laughs> Goff, what are you doing here? Oh, I just found this. Uh, I found this little dog and decided to walk around we, with him. You know. If you if you've been skipping the last couple of episodes, we've been commenting on the fact that Judd Taylor seems to be the the principal extra of the scene. He shows up whenever they. Need somebody of significance. <laughs> All right, so that that scene ends, and now we we go back into the to the room with uh, Henley and Colin. We see two of them lying in bed again. Henley is is lying a little more casually than than Colin. It looks pretty stiff the way that he's he's lying there. It doesn't look like it's comfortable the way that he's that he's lying down. You know, he's got one one leg up. You know, right. his legs crossed. It looks like no, it's. Artistic. No, no, no. No, it's I guess one, not. One, one leg bent at the that. Uh... But his head's at a yeah, weird angle. Exactly. It looks really yes. uncomfortable. Maybe he was hoping anyway. that if he does something yeah. like that, it will it'll bring his eyesight back. You know, if you if you yeah. hold your head in a strange manner, pressing on the optic there you go, nerve. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have the bunk press on the optic nerve. That works. That there you go. And then the the door opens and Roger enters and says good evening. And it's amazing how quickly. Uh, Colin stands up here. He, he like jumps up. Yeah. It's a good thing he didn't hit his head on the top bunk. You know, he's he's you know, for someone who who's who's blind and is having trouble with you know, he's able to 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 position himself well and and pop him prop himself up. First thing he says to Rogers, "Well, what do you think how how do I look? You know, how how do you look?" <laughs> and again, why does it matter? <laughs> you know, is is this a fashion show? Are you are you saying you know if if you if you look good then then you're you know then you're you're good to go and you can you can get out the the, the uniform or the the disguises that that all of these characters given they they're not they they shouldn't be perfect they should be in some ways flawed whether you have a rip here or a rip there or whatever it is I mean this is you're talking about wartime even even businessmen and yeah whatever I mean there's there are problems with rations there are problems with you know, not everything is perfect for for all the Germans walking around. So you don't necessarily need for for the soup to be immaculate. Yeah. So and dirty. Exactly. Well, none of them are dirty. I mean, uh, can you imagine how long Henley's been in in a camp and he still has a, a white turtleneck that that looks like he's he's bleached it every single day. No sweat stains. Exactly. Yes. I mean, this is one thing we've discussed many times that that uh, it's amazing the 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 different uniforms that, that all of these teachers have because every one of them, they're, they're in an Air Force camp. Every every one of them bailed out of a plane. That's how they got caught. Okay? And none of mm-hmm. them oil smears. None of them, you know, they're, 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 their uniforms are, are almost entirely well-kept and they all, for some reason, still have their hats. I don't know. If I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm jumping out of a plane, I'm not going to be wearing where my hat is. <laughs> no, you know, I've, I've just... Fallen ankment, and I've ripped the knees out of my jeans. Come on, have you bailed out of a plane and everything looks great? At this point, he he switches to German to 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 show. Yes, 
Good right. Abend, mein Herr. Good evening, uh, sir. Vergessen in What's happening? Vergessen in Indian. Gates? Which, which basically means, uh, how are you? <laughs> how you doing? Mm-hmm. And then he goes, then, then he looks and goes, is it bad? <laughs> yes. Because uh, Bartlett doesn't say anything and he just goes, it's as bad as all that. Okay. But the question is, is he, is he referring to his German or is he referring to the fact that, that, that he's now been caught? Like, what is his, is it bad or is that? I think he's referring to his German at this because he's still trying to, to stay optimistic about the fact that he's still able to get out. And I think it's the optimism in which he does the uh, German. It's just a little too forced and a little bit too loud and, uh, you know, just be conversational. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> you're not you're not at a Nuremberg rally. You're uh, you're 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 just doing a conversational person to person. Big answer, my hand. Exactly, but at least we know that the guards outside are deaf, so they don't have to worry about them. <laughs> so are the dogs. Apparently. Him screaming out uh, German. Yes. So then Roger begins a diatribe by saying, "Well, I first want to let you know that without you, we would never have been ready." So Collins' response is, that's all right. I had lots of help, lots of very good help, except for Smithy last week, who I berated for wasting four days of work. Yes, because he <laughs> forgot the damn eagle. And then Roger stares at Colin. That's basically how this this week will end. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday we, we talked about the fact, we talked about Richard Amber, and we said we would, we would touch upon him a little more today yes because then you said you wanted to discuss about it now so as as we mentioned yesterday richard harris was originally supposed to play this character you know he had to back out at the last minute and therefore attenborough took over for him and you you mentioned yesterday that you didn't really think richard harris could have pulled this off i'm on the fence with that but but the thing is is that attenborough really knocks it out of the park in this one there's no question about it i don't think anybody could have played this character as well as he does such as an underrated actor, he is—he's—he's he's amazing in just the way he inhabits things. Um, uh, you know, you go back to Brighton Beach and uh, other other roles he's done. He's—you know—he either can play the ultimate milk to, or he can play the most banal evil person in the world. Uh, when he's scary, he's really scary. Um, as in as Brighton Beach, uh, Brighton Rock, excuse me. Um, he, he's wonderful in this, and I love the fact that every time you see him when he when his character is supposedly thinking, you can actually see all of the you know the the wheels turning in his head. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's you know he's very meticulous and and his. He's thinking about everything that's going on, and and he's giving us the impression that that's the character that that that's what he's really doing. Yeah, he's 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 a strategist, and you know, usually when you see scenes like that in a movie, it looks fake. Uh, but Attenborough always pulls it off because you know he when he pauses, you know that he's he's lining up the possibilities because uh, he's always yes. thinking in this movie you know up until uh, until we don't see him anymore Correct. and then um, yeah, and, and Harris I 
you know, I, the the one role where I think he's comparable to this is when he's uh, ends up never around. Huh? I said Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> no. I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Um, uh, Guns of Navarone. Uh, that's where I think, okay, I, now I can see him in that. But, you know, everything else, uh, I kind of think of him as, as loud and boisterous. Um, and I don't – Edinburgh is such a, a – a, a calculating person in this that Harris, I just don't see being able to to pull it off. But you know, I might be wrong. Sorry, Richard. Okay, no, I, like I said, I you know I'm on the fence with it. Now, I I don't think you could have done a better job than than uh, Edinburgh. There's no I, again, I don't think there's any character, any actor that that would have been able to do this, do a better job with this role because he's he's superb here. There's no no question of it. But being the fact that that Richard Harris is also uh, a very good actor, I, I think that 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 he might have been able to to do an, a, a yeah. good job, you know, with the the character. But well, that that was not meant not to be. Not meant to be. You know, he 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 pulled out, and rightfully so. And and Attenborough, who the actor who never wanted to be an actor, he was, in my opinion, one of his yeah. best performances. I mean, he he always wanted to be a director. We know that. That's. Uh, you know, he he had those aspirations from from as early in his career as possible, and he just knew he needed to to put in his time as an actor before he can yeah. make it there. I mean, come on, it took him it took him I think twenty years to yeah. make uh, Gandhi come to fruition. Have you seen Have you seen any of his really early work? Yes. Oh gosh, it, it's I've, I've seen a lot of his movies. I haven't seen all of them. From seventy one Brillington, seventy one Brillington. No, Billington. sorry, sorry. Ten, ten Rillington Place. Yes. Ten Rillington Place. Uh, I have yet to see that one. I've been told that I should see it. I, I actually really liked him in... He's great in the Sand Pebbles. Mm-hmm. And... Mm. Oh, what's the name of that movie? There there, there was another movie that... The, the Guns of Batasi. I loved him in. Mm. Have you ever seen that? Never. Oh, that that's a great movie. Let me, you should, you should, uh, let me hit you. If you get a chance, you should see it. Seance on a Wet Afternoon. Yes, that was good too. Uh, I liked him there too. But, but I, I'm, I'm, I, he plays a, uh, the first movie I remember seeing. It, the first movie that he did that I've seen is uh, Brighton Rock, yeah. where he plays the the teenage gangster, mm-hmm. and, and oh god, he's creepy in that. It's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, but but he's great in it. There's no question about that. It's a decidedly different movie, but uh, he's great in it. And uh, he, he, for some reason, he did a lot of movies with Basil Dearden too, uh, uh, that are that are kind of interesting. So, the League of the League of Gentlemen. Oh, I love the League of Gentlemen. That's such a fun movie. Oh man. It's lovely. And then there's another one that I can't remember, but it starred Patrick McGowan, and it's mostly about jazz. Uh, it's is it, it's as if they were doing um, uh, 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 King L- – no. What was it? Oh, Othello. They, re- they combined Othello and jazz. Let me see if I can oh, find really? it real fast. Okay. Well, I, I also liked him in uh, Conduct Unbecoming. Yes. Which he was great in that too. And obviously, you know, his Jurassic Park, which uh, 
Yeah. yeah. And we won't we won't mention Brannigan. <laughs> oh God, it was that bad. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was called All Night Long. Not the not the Barbara Streisand movie. Uh, no, never seen that one. It's it's obscure, but uh, you know I'll see anything uh, that Patrick McGowan is in. Uh-huh. All right, very good. So you have anything else to say about? Uh... Oh, you know what? I, I keep forgetting to ask you the the most important question that I need to ask every guest on the show is what what's your, what's your history with The Great Escape? When did you first see it? Uh, why is it a movie that that, that that you enjoy? I mean, I know you do, so I, I you know, I, I would. I, I first, I, unfortunately, I didn't see it in a theater. I saw it first on TV, pan and scanned with commercials, and uh, still, it was, you know, it kept your interest because it was like a, it was a really long movie with a lot of great actors and a, a really compelling story. Um, I didn't see it in the theater until ooh, probably college age <laughs> years ago. Um, but the, the, when I, I really spent a lot of time on it, when uh, I think I mentioned this on a couple of shows ago, I worked for uh, Shoreline Community College, uh, helping a friend teach a class on post, uh, post-production. Uh, video post-production and for the final project uh, it was a two-year program for the final project what we would do is we would take a movie and we would strip all the audio out of it just in the video and say okay recreate it so that means they had to find the script they had to recreate the script they had to replace all the voices they had to replace all the music they had to replace all the sound effects do all the foley everything and we paired that with uh, uh, a comparable movie, which was uh, Chicken uh, Run. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there was, so there was the claymation version, and then there was Great Escape. And I, you've never seen a bunch of uh, uh, students throw yourself, throw themselves into something like this. I mean, every footstep in the dirt, every. Uh, you know, the, the students themselves were playing the, uh, playing the characters. Great Steve McQueen. <laughs> they had a great Steve McQueen. Didn't sound anything like Steve McQueen, but he was better. Uh, and, uh, uh, just had to recreate it minute by minute. Ooh, and this is, this is a three our movie. 170 and, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you how far they went. Uh, the the thing everybody was worried about were, were the motorcycle scenes. And by chance, one of the students ran into a guy with that bottle of motorcycle and said, uh, would you be interested in... And the guy said yes. And so one weekend they went out with a little video player and a recorder and they recorded all the sounds of the motorcycle doing exactly what he needed to do with except with the exception of the jump. And everything was the right angle at the right speed. It was, it was amazing. It was flawless. 
Yeah, I just thought, wow, that that's going the extra mile. That's remarkable. But you you don't have a copy of that anywhere, do you? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I, 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 it's it's really fun. It's something that they do every year. I mean, they've done Star Wars and they've done The Godfather and they've done uh, all sorts of classic movies. Uh, it's a it's a really fun class and it's. It's a class where students learn the the day-to-day grind of proceeding on a movie so that, you know, you, you can't drop the bar at any time because you see the holes when, when you're not doing everything. Uh, and they stick out like sore thumbs. And the, every year they just excel at uh, making these movies wow. come alive, so I know I know this movie backwards and forwards, not to the not to the details, but I can every every footstep looks painful. <laughs> <laughs> but fun, but fun. It was fun. It was a it was a it was uh, it was a great great. Uh, the toughest part was creating the music, because Elmer Bernstein is yes. so subtle. I've heard rumors, and, and I'm, not, I'm not a music expert, so I, I don't know this, and I've mentioned this numerous times, but I've heard rumors that every single character has their own sub-theme. And, I'll uh, bet. I mean, hopefully in a few weeks from now we'll have uh, a music expert that will be able to, to enlighten us a little bit about that. We'll have to wait and see. Ask him to sing the lyrics of the Great Escape March. Are there lyrics? There Ooh. are lyrics. <laughs> Very cool, <laughs> but they're but they're different. They're not what you would think. There's nothing that has anything to do with the Great Escape or anything like that. It's uh, it's it, <laughs> no, it's a, it, it's kind of like the Colonel Bogey March uh, in uh, Bridge on the River, River Kwai. Okay, yeah, where where it's it's a marching song. It's basically to to keep time, and uh, the the lyrics have absolutely nothing to do with the military. Interesting. All right, I'll have to take a look at that. So, anything else you want to say about the the movie? Um, hmm. Uh, I keep. I think I watch it once a year. It's it, it's just one of those things. that's just a joy to watch, like The Magnificent Seven. I've uh, I've almost seen every movie that John Sturgis has ever made now. Oh wow. Uh, every so often, upper uh, blogging by Snowlight, plug, plug. Uh, I'll do a napsing everything department. And uh, John Sturgis, I think I've just got I've got two movies very very early on in his career that I haven't seen. But that's it. And Get then <laughs> I know. I, well, it, the trouble is that these two movies aren't available oh, wow. anywhere. Not even. Not even on on uh, Russian bootleg sites, so it's like you know I can't oh, wow. find it. Well, um, it's always nice to have to, 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 to find to have a quest in life. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, you know, and now I, now I can't die because I have to see uh, the best man or uh, whatever the the that first movie is. It's based on a Mark Twain story. Um. But uh, uh, I think I've seen – I have seen everything else that he's done. The Best Man? Best Man Wins, 1948. 
Best man wins. Yeah. Uh, see, now you got me curious about that one. Uh, I'll tell you that some of the ones that you'll see there in the first couple of years are really, really oddball, especially when you think of John Burgess. I mean, there's there's a there's a boy and his dog movie that I've seen. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, uh, and uh, you know, some of them are. Some of them are absolutely amazing. I think there's one. What is it? If you've never seen the Scarlet Coat, it's amazing. It's great. And then, but the one I'm thinking of is the Girl in White, which is uh, Su- uh, I think it's Susan Hayward, mm-hmm. which you not think John Sturgis, uh, June Allison. Hear me, June Allison. Even even less typical, based on a true story. It's, it's amazing. Thank you very much for joining us this week, Jim. It's been uh, it's been a lot of my fun. pleasure. So, uh, once again, you want to tell people how they can uh, get in touch with you, how they can find at you? Uh, blogging by Cinemalites, a blog spot, uh, a it's a, a blog devoted to movies. We have uh, something every day except for Mondays. We're closed Mondays, and uh, you can read all the stuff there. And occasionally showing up on large association movie blogs. Excellent. Well, once again, thank you very much. While you're checking out uh, Jim's site, you can go uh, rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to the show. You can contact us at thegreatminute at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Great Escape MXM. Our website's thegreatescapeminute.com. And uh, you can find us uh, in our Facebook group, The Cooler. So we'll be back on Monday with uh, another guest for, for the for next week. So until then, tally-ho. Tally-ho.